Hey there, my name is Carrie Siever. I am a structural engineer with Vector Collaborative and also your host of the Unboxing Project. I am so glad that you're here joining us for season number two at Keep Coming Back. Today we have Monica Wilson with us. She is an environmental scientist, a biophilic, and a green building professional who is passionate about the ways in which cities are developed, technology, and improved environments that can change one's, one's life's trajectory. She holds a degree in environmental science and sustainability from the University of Virginia. She is a well-accredited professional, a lead accredited professional in building and design and construction. And two years ago, she became a digital nomad, which means that she is able to travel around uh, particularly the Western United States currently and work remotely. Uh, so she's also a commercial model with some of the fastest growing companies in the U.S. Uh, balancing a life of science, remote work, travel, and modeling has allowed her to embrace being technical, but yet also be a blossoming creative. So Monica, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you for having me. This is so awesome. We met, what, a month ago, two months ago at a conference, Denver Design Week out in Denver, and just yeah. um, hit it off for, from the science standpoint and then also the creativity side. So I'm really excited just to dig into kind of how those two sides work with the environmental yeah. scientist side and then also the modeling side. So maybe if you want to just start with a little backstory of kind of where you grew up and what led you to your career path. Yeah, sure. I grew up in um, a small town in Virginia, um, Portsmouth, Virginia. It is a naval and military area on the coast. Um, so I'm a southern coaster, coastal girl. I'm a first-generation college graduate. Um, and from my experiences living on the coast, um, we always experienced like tornadoes or hurricanes or floods. And so um, when you asked me about the science portion of my life and career, I, from a very young age, I was really intrigued by climate change from just lived experiences that I had. My um, dad is a landscaper. And so I was outside all of the time um, helping him cutting grass and learning how to plant flowers um, ever since I was eight years old. And my parents come from humble beginnings. And so um, I started working at a really young age every summer and my parents taught me the value of a dollar. And I had a summer job and I paid for my own school clothes every year, my own school supplies. And that, um, those types of like teachings as a kid, you think it's like, oh, why are they making me do this? But it provided so much value for where I'm at now in my life. And I believe that a lot of things in childhood that are very foundational can take you far. Um, and so with just a strong work ethic and integrity um, and a curious mindset, it's really how I ended up where I am now. Um, on the creative side, I was always like a little girl in front of the camera and I watched a lot of TV and I watched movies and music videos and I would mock what I saw on TV like anyone else would at a young age. And my grandma and grandmother would record me a lot. And so 
I like to say that even though it's just amazing what I'm doing now, there was, there was like a story being told back then when I was so young that, oh, it, it, honestly, I'm not surprised that I'm where I'm at now, just based on what was happening at a young age. And so my mom put me in ballet, tap and jazz when I was a little girl and I did dance recitals and I wanted to be an actress and singer. I cannot sing. Um, I did a little bit of child modeling. And so I, I loved that, but I knew that I wanted to get an education. I ended up being the first in my family to go to college, like I said. And so I've pursued education for the last 10 years of my life. And now that I'm entering in my thirties, I, I just started picking up that creative side. And I'm, I'm really happy that I waited this long to do it and embark on that journey. That's awesome. So when, yeah. so environmental scientists, when did you decide um, that that was the career path you were going to take? I decided I made the choice before I made the choice. Okay. I decided in the ninth grade um, in my earth science class, as soon as my teacher showed us our class, the film An Inconvenient Truth, which is narrated by, um, it's oh narrated, God. it's Al Gore. I believe it's narrated okay. by Al Gore. Um, and that was the first time I saw, that was the documentary I saw where scientists were pre predicting that like in 50 years, the coast is going to be wiped out. It's going to be flooded. And it was the first time I saw in an academic setting, like facts being presented. And it scared, it scared me. It scared the living daylights out of me, ran home and told my parents about it. This was like 2006. So no one was really talking about the earth and what was happening on a climatic level. And that's when I knew I wanted to do something in science that involved the earth. Um, and when I got to UVA and I declared that major, I knew that I was going to study something practical. I knew that I was not going to be trained to just be a scientist in a lab. I've done that. I've tested the waters. I've had, I've lived many different lives through my career. And I like to think that each time that you go after something differently in your industry, you are aligned with it. And so I'm, I'm, I've evolved in my career and I've evolved as a person and it's brought me to where I am now. But it was really from that documentary and just growing up on the coast that piqued my interest. And so it was kind of ingrained. Yeah. So it's just a part of who you are really. Like yeah. whether it's declared as a profession or not, it's just who you are as a person. Who I am. Love that. So who, like on the career side of it, like who are your clients and what type of service do you provide for them? Yes. Yeah, so what I do now is I focus on something called the well building standard, um, which was created by the international well building Institute, <laughs> lots of big words here. And my focus is on the built environment and the natural environment. Um, I can explain this in a biophilic way. So biophilia means that you, you are a human that cares about existing in nature, but also the infrastructure. And so, you know, we were not the first inhabitants of the planet. There was trees, there was all these gorgeous landscapes that I've been able to see over the last two years of my life in the United States. And we've chosen to place infrastructure in those surrounding areas. So built environment, our, our houses, environment, our parks, landscapes that are not touched, um, things that are preserved in the natural environment. And so my focus is split between those two. And I test buildings to ensure that 
while humans are occupying the space, it meets the well standard. It meets a certain threshold where the building is environmentally sound and it's good for people and it's good for the planet. Um, we spend about 90% of our time indoors. And this is a statistic that was pre-COVID. Um, so I can't imagine what the statistic is now. It's probably over 100. And so spending a lot of time indoors has such a big impact on your wellness, your life trajectory, and your mental health. If you're working in a building that um, is not environmentally sound, there isn't a sufficient a healthy supply of water or poor lighting quality, or maybe you go into work every day and it's cold and you're uncomfortable. That has an effect on your well-being every single day, consistently, day after day. It's not a it's not a big event. It's it's the little things that add up in your life. Um, if you aren't getting enough exercise, you know, commuting to and from work, that impacts your health. And so I work on this rating system that was developed for humans in infrastructure to better their lives and and to change their life trajectory. I know for me, since I'm from a small town, I, I fell in love with big cities when I started traveling. And I noticed that people lived a different life from what, what I did where I was living. And even now as a nomad, as I've traveled or traveled around, I still observe that. And, you know, there's places in the country where this, the numbers are up, the statistics are higher, where humans are healthier humans are more active and we, we look at why. And then there's places where people don't get enough exercise. They don't have access to a robust economy. That impacts your trajectory, that impacts your future. And so as someone who came from humble beginnings and is traveling the world right now, this is an experience that I'm living that is impacting my life trajectory as well. And I'm able to be an advocate and give back. And so that's why I feel currently so aligned with what I do right now in my profession. That's so cool. Like, and so like things that, um, you know, that maybe the general public takes for granted, right? Like, um, they don't, maybe don't necessarily notice those things. Yeah. Um, so like on the biophilic side, what about bringing like plants indoors? Like, yes. do you ever deal with, with that and the effects of having like live plants? Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Plants are great. Plants purify the air. Um, they make you happier. It's a good hit of dopamine and serotonin in our very like technology oriented world. And also you're caring for something. You want to keep your plant alive and in good shape. And so I love plants. I encourage them in the workplace. Um, you know, plants can be big or small, but it makes such a big impact. Like before COVID, if you worked in a cubicle that was like decorated with plants or a building that had a plant wall, like that was like the most amazing thing, a part of your day. And it's because humans are wired to crave biophilia. They're wired to want to feel connected to nature. You don't have to be an outdoor enthusiast, um, but there's, there's bio, biology inside of us that needs that on a mental level. There's a um, disorder called nature deficit disorder. And that's when you are lacking you are lacking so much nature and your mental health is not in good shape. You aren't as active. You're not breathing fresh air. And like I keep saying, all of that impacts your life on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's, it's, it's taught me so much. Like we take so many things for granted. Like when I was growing up, the fun thing to do was to just get in the car and drive to the mall and then go home and sit down all day. But now as an adult, um, I like to get outside and get active, especially in the pandemic. Like, walking 20 minutes a day, getting vitamin D, 
talking to people like we of course we want to be connected to people in community now more than ever um it all adds up yeah, yeah. well and i love how like i think that like maybe the general public might you know, or like myself, like sometimes it's like you're outside and it's like, man, like afterwards, it's like, man, that felt good. Or like you go into like a cubicle setting and it's like, man, this place feels soul sucking, but you don't know like the reasoning or like the, the, like the detail of that. So the, that's so awesome that you're able to like take data and like break it down into the details of that to help fix it. Yeah. So my clients are, um, internationally based, um, I have clients in Australia, Japan, um, Asia, Europe, and these are corporate companies. These are Fortune 500 companies that um, really believe in investing in their people. Australia is really um, innovative in sustainability. And so I do a lot of work over there. Um, if we were not in the pandemic, I would be traveling a lot over there to go to these buildings and test for air, light, pollution, water, talk to employees um, and get a feel of how they're enjoying their workspace. But yes, like you said, like we don't, we were never taught to even stop and think about this and reflect or, um, just kind of get a sense of like, where is my life going? And I really think the pandemic showed, I mean, it showed that to everybody. We were really taught to get a job, work there. I don't care how bad you hate working in that cubicle every day and you still got to exercise, you still got to do all this. Well, it's hard balancing so many priorities. Like mm -hmm. our brain capacity is we can't do it all, all the time. And so um, I'm fortunate to be able to educate people about this type of work and really try to embody that lifestyle. When I took this job, I'll be honest, I wasn't as active. I wasn't into the outdoors. I never appreciated that. And I really had to start walking the walk and talking the talk when I got into the field um, to really be about my profession and just like a really, um, like I keep saying, like just in a, in a very aligned way with who I am. And so I'm a lot healthier for my job and I, I never stopped talking about it to like friends and family and, and getting the facts and statistics. Yeah. Well, uh, I love that. And I've like, you talked about like the fact of everyone being home, like with COVID and stuff. And I think for so long, so many of us were able to be so busy that our feelings didn't catch up with us. And yeah. then like when there's time and you're at home, it's like, oh, this doesn't really feel super great to like, yeah, have, you know, whatever it is, right. To not have those things in check that make you a full, um, right. And the things that you're researching as an environmental scientist. Absolutely. And when you don't have time to catch up on those feelings and check in, you, you get stuck in the, the same mindset that you have. And um, you only think one way and you think that other things are impossible or not attainable for you. And while that is true, sometimes it's not if you just have a shift in mindset. And so I always thought that to be this type of scientist at this level, I have to work in a lab. I have to live in only one place for the rest of my life. And it hasn't turned out that way. Like I'm able to be a remote scientist and travel. And so it's made my, it's made my personal life blossom as well as my professional life and learning how to balance both. I don't think there's a such thing as work-life balance. I think it's about integrating both. Such a good point. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So what fuels your creativity? So many things, cities, 
Um, as I said, I love visiting cities and getting inspired by the urban planning side of what do people do here? How do they live? And random street art or um, innovation. I also get inspired by magazines. So when I was a little girl, um, my mom would take us to the library to get old magazines and I would look at fashion magazines and we would cut them up and like make vision boards. And I had this desire for creativity and passion and I started modeling now. Um, I'm inspired by my parents um, for always telling me to just be yourself and treat everyone with respect and you'll go far. I'm inspired by friends. I'm also inspired by people I don't know, but I, I follow on LinkedIn or Instagram who they pivot or they reject the status quo and they don't just settle with where they are at in life. There's nothing wrong with settling. But if you know that you're not that type of person, it's time to explore that. And so, um, yeah, I'm inspired by architects, designers, like so many tons of people who are like you. They've worn many different hats. They've changed careers. And I, I think it's just, it's becoming more natural to do that. Yeah. Like we don't, if that's what you're feeling. Yeah. Like, like we don't have to take a career or like a life trajectory out of like, just straight from the box. Like, here's where you go. Like you get to create it. What's true to you and to your own authentic self. Right. And it doesn't matter anyone else's. (laughs) And I, I, again, and like, I saw it from childhood. My, my dad has a business. My mom works with him and my parents came to all of our sporting and school events. So they balanced their work life, but then they also took on other creative projects. They also made us travel. Um, and they showed us what it was like to balance things. And, and when I was a little girl, I would get overwhelmed. And my dad would tell me how to take a step back and say like, you can do whatever you want. You have to work hard for it. Know the value of a dollar and like anything is possible in life, but they really taught me how to balance everything. I love that. Yeah. So, so which one do you, like, if you had to pick between environmental scientist mm-hmm. and model, which one, and this is a hard question, like okay. it's, it's a trick question, honestly. Right. Cause like they both fuel you, I'm sure, but yeah. I'm going to ask it and then let you go with it. However you want. Like if you had to pick between environmental scientist and model, mm-hmm. Which one do you like more? <laughs> Ooh, at this stage in my life, they require different parts of my brain and I have to operate at different capacities. I think now as a scientist, I'm starting to be more confident with where I'm at in my mid-level career, being a woman of color and just embodying so much confidence about learning the type of work that I do. For a while, I was really insecure. I didn't feel comfortable. I I mean, I felt alone. I almost regretted going to college and studying what I studied just to always feel isolated and alone. So I've I've really um, accelerated in that realm with modeling. um, It's making me fall in love with my inner child all over again right now. So I'm going to pick that one to answer your question. I love that. Yeah. And that's because, um, I was really shy. And when I am on set, I have to talk to photographers. I have to talk to the client who wants me to sell their product. Um, there's like the stylist, the prop designer, there's so many people I have to talk to and I have to speak up and, I am very coachable. I was an athlete for a very long time and I love, I love modeling, but I love being on set and seeing what everyone else is doing. 
I've made friends. I've learned about other people. I've gotten like life advice from people on set. And it's, it's pushed me out of my comfort zone in a completely different way that when I'm technical, doesn't offer me that, you know? Yeah. Sometimes when you're technical, you know, this, like you're working with architects and everyone's an architect. Everyone has a similar life path and that's okay. As I'm exploring this new avenue of modeling and I work with people that lived in the big city or they lived in a van or they started over or, you know, they're waiting to do this. I'm gaining so much insight and inspiration um, for, for people that are in my generation. And it's just, I'm talking my feelings out. Like, like I said, I'm making those connections. And so it's, it's done wonders for me besides just posing and being a model. (laughs) And I've worked with a lot of companies that have like a really good mission. And so I'm all about aligning myself right now with working for a company that's mission-based, something that I believe in. And then I get so excited when I model a product that I can resonate with, or I feel tied to, or something that's making an impact on the world. Yeah. Well, you know what else, as you're talking, like, I love the fact that all of the confidence and poise that you gain in modeling, like that's yours to keep, like it's yours now forever. And you get to take that to your environmental scientist side yes. too, which is so cool. Yes. When I um, am talking to a, a client, a, a person who hires me for a modeling job, I've never met them. I don't know them. You don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes you could work with someone great. Sometimes it could go kind of rough. But those experiences teach me how to speak up more in the boardroom, to speak up more over Zoom and kind of just go with the flow. Yeah. So cool. So, okay. So it put, put yourself in a modeling shoot. How to, how do you gain access to your boldest, bravest self to Mm -hmm. be as confident as you can be in the shoot? I have like a ritual. I I have a big process that I, I go through. I I pack a lot of stuff. Um, I think I just got this from just, you know, how my mom was. Anytime we went somewhere, like bring an extra shirt, bring the iron, brings. she's just like, come prepared for whatever. And that has taken me really far in the modeling world. Just being, it. being on time and being prepared. Um, some other things, I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> so, so how do you, how do you bring your boldest? Okay, like, boldest self. Um, I get a call sheet that shows me what I'm wearing. There's a mood board. I'll look on Pinterest. There's examples. I practice, um, and really just you, you, you get into character. I mean, if you're, if you're selling, um, you know, I, for example, I was the face of a new company, um, for athletic sports bras for new moms and the two moms that started the company, they, they're in the CrossFit world. And I was a CrossFitter for like five years. And so I really resonated with them as just people. Um, And I just envisioned myself being that person, being strong. And so I really get into kind of a character, really. That's so cool. Yeah. So what's a major risk that you've had to take to get where you are now? I would definitely say quitting my job two years ago and moving and deciding the remote slash nomad life. Um, and not, no one knew there was going to be a pandemic. Um, it was, it's the biggest risk I've ever taken. And it's allowed me to have this flexible lifestyle to meet so many people travel and model and everything I just said, I did not know that that was going to happen from taking this risk. And then when you throw COVID in the mix, I didn't, you know, I've had to adapt too, but, um, 
I, I stepped into this like very slowly. I decided, you know, I will like sublet an apartment. Um, I will stay for this amount of time. If I don't like it, I can do this. Like there is a plan in place. Mm-hmm. Um, I received a lot of career backlash when I made this choice because I, I made it before COVID. And so I, I never thought I was going to be that person who quit their job, sold everything, had a new job lined up and just like went out into the unknown. And I was told you better do it now before you can't, you better do it now before you settle down. Or I was told this is going to ruin your career because you will no longer be face-to-face in an office. Like you will never get promoted again. You stay on this route. And to be honest with the way things have panned out in my professional life, I have advanced so much in the last two years from being remote. That's so awesome. Yeah. It's non-traditional, right? So I think that scares people sometimes, right? Like yeah. so from a place of love, they're trying to say, this is scary and I'm concerned about you, but you're like, no, I see, I have a vision and I see how it can yes. be. And now to see that vision come to life, that's amazing. Yeah. It requires you to think differently. You can have that, that loving support system. And, you know, there's a, there's a saying where it's like, don't take advice from people that they aren't doing what you want to do. I believe in that to some extent. So I, I have a, a support system, but then I know that I have to find other people who are doing what I want to do. They might not always live where I am. So maybe I can reach out to them online, LinkedIn, Maybe I ask for a mentor that's in another country. I've had to outsource my support systems and find those things while I've been on this journey. And I'm still doing it all the time. Yeah. How do, so how do you do that? How do you find your support system? Like you said, like reaching out, is it like uh, more of like someone that's inspiring to you or are there like groups that you're a part of? Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like how you and I met. I was looking for something to do in town. I saw that there was a conference. I used to put myself out there all the time before COVID and go places alone. Um, I traveled the world alone and I volunteered and, you know, like this is something I'm interested in and then just meet people and who knows what can happen from this experience. Maybe you get to have coffee with someone or maybe you're in a position to connect with someone on a deeper level and see what that looks like, even if it's just for a season of your life, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, and I think like you saying that, so like our interaction, right? Like, I feel like so many times we can go about our life and just be closed off and be in our own space, but like you like opened yourself up and, and like to talk to me, like, right. For us to start that conversation and realize that we had, you know, connection bond, um, and like similar interests, right. And similar, similar, like life goals or whatever, like just that mindset, right. Like that non-traditional mindset. And yeah, like, it, you open yourself up to that. So like, I it's not like, easy. No. It's not, it's not easy. I'm still working on like being in tune with that. I had a, a dear friend visit me last night from the CrossFit world and I hadn't seen them in two years. We had an amazing conversation. Like we never lost track of time. And it's just like, you never know. You never know who you're going to come across that can make a big impact on your life in some way. And you can't think of everything as forever permanent. And like, this is as best as it's going to get, you know, you can always take a step back. You can move back. You can regroup. You can try new things, but 
you, you limit yourself when you only think there's one way to live or one way to be, Mm -hmm. um, you, you have to get a little creative with it. And it requires you to push the envelope and, and go outside the box. I'm, I'm looking for a mentor and I'm, I'm looking for people on opposite coasts of the country. And that's not something I would do if I had a limited mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They might say no, or they might yeah. think you're crazy for reaching out to a stranger. It's like, so what? Right. Like it's worth yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And worst case is no, or worst case, they can pass something on to you and you just continuously learn about things. Yeah. That's so cool. So what advice would you offer someone just starting out in your career path? Just starting out. So I would say, don't be intimidated to apply to the job. A lot of times, more than ever now, there are these job descriptions online that are so lengthy and so unrealistic. And we get in our heads about who we are and who who we're not and where we're lacking. And then you just get, you're just like, forget it. I'm not even going to apply. I'm not even going to go for it. You have to look at that as just an opportunity to get your foot in the door, to have a chance to interview because there's so much to be gained from interviewing. I have so many like recent graduates that reach out to me and I give them this type of advice of just take that step. You don't know what can happen. Um, I would also say, Explore who you are personally. Like when you are embarking in my field or any field, I know we're taught like, just get a job, like just go, 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 go. But what's going on? Like, what do you want to do in five years that isn't related to this professionally? Maybe you want to travel. Maybe you want to work abroad. Like start making a map of what you want your career to look like. Um, because careers aren't really linear anymore. (laughs) They're all over the place. You can take a break. You can write a book. There's just so many things you can do. Yeah. Yeah. You're never tied to one thing. Right. I love that. I, that's a, I like that when I talk to high school kids or whatever, and and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. And it's like, (laughs) you don't have to commit to forever. Like a job and and a career is not committing to forever. You're committing to right now. (laughs) Listen, I had six internships in college over a span of like two or three years. And that's because I was testing out every single thing that was out there for me at that time. Most people would commit to one summer internship and then join that company. I didn't do that. And I honestly was never offered a opportunity like that. So I had to get creative. But from those six internships, I made six new connections that put me on this path. And even now, like I still go back and talk to those people because they helped get me to where I am now. Yeah. Yeah. What I see in that Monica is that like, you don't settle for comfort um, and safety. Like you want to get uncomfortable because on the other (laughs) side of uncomfortable is good fruit, right? Like there's good things on the other side of that. And it's like, you've seen that enough to like, keep wanting to get uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's not something I even knew about myself that I didn't know that I liked pivoting. I didn't know that I liked pushing the envelope and changing the narrative. But when I, when I go back and I look at my inner child and I look at where I came from, it was always there. And I just had to accept it. And the beauty of life is I can keep doing this for however long I want, or I can decide to to stop and to be more um, conforming and to choose a, a traditional path and be stable. It's all okay. As long as you're just getting in line with yourself and being honest about what you want. I always knew that I wanted to 
live somewhere else and travel. And I kept ignoring that feeling. And I would go on solo trip after solo trip. I would start a business. I would sign up for a new program. I would join all of these things and meet all these, all these people. And really what was going on inside was, you know, you're ready for something else. So just go finally do it. And you're never really ready, <laughs> but your body is telling you what's going on. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, I mean, that's such great advice. Like you got to connect to that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, so you touched on it a little bit, but I'm going to ask you again, just in case there's, if you want to add anything to it, but who inspires you? Yeah. So <sighs> Virgil Abloh, um, who just recently passed away, he was a mechanical engineer in college. He okay. became an architect. He ended up in the fashion world. He was the creative director for Louis Vuitton. Um, he was an intern of Kanye West and he was also a DJ and he passed away at 41. He did all those things because he didn't limit himself to one thing. And I remember when I was transitioning into, I was kind of stepping away from environmental science and going on that sustainability architect built path. I didn't have the, the skill set. I didn't speak the language. There was such a big learning curve. And I stumbled upon a lot of his interviews on YouTube one day. And I just got so inspired that he did it and went for it and was super humble about it. So he really inspired me. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to go look out some interviews. Yeah. Dude, just yeah. like, like the, like so different, right? Mechanical engineering, then architecture, and then fashion design. Fashion. Like, yeah, I mean, there's like stereotypes that you have to like break through to do that, right? Do. People are like, you are a very scientific person. You yeah. are this logical. And then you're like, no, I'm going to go after the creative side. Exactly. And especially in the architect world, like, you know, like people can be a certain way and you don't come across creative architects that are given the autonomy to kind of like do their own thing in, in the workforce. And so he, he did that. And it's just, it, it makes sense because what you learned in design school or engineering, you can bring that to life in fashion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's so awesome. I love yeah. that. Uh, well, I am going to end with some rapid fire questions. If okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Set the timer. No. Okay. So you set your digital nomad. Where's your favorite location that you have been to and then lived? Oh my goodness. It's such a hard question. You can give more than one answer. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to say, uh, I really like visiting California and the Pacific Northwest just because I grew up on the East coast and I never went. Um, and I just fell in love with the nature, also the built environment, the people, the opportunities, the diversity, um, and mainly the different pace of life. I'm used to a, a fast paced life, career chasing. I don't have time for hobbies. And when I visited those places, it was just such like a culture shock of like, wow, I have to slow down and like find a different way to meet people. I have to have hobbies. My social capital no longer is revolved around happy hour. Like I have to go hike. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm forever grateful for learning that. In those places. And then favorite place I lived. I used to live, I'm not done living where I'm living now, <laughs> but I will say Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Um, I lived there for five years and it was a favorite place because it was like the leap pad to where I am now. 
a lot of what I learned in Richmond helped me where I'm at, like learning how to make connections, learning how to put myself out there. That's where everything was going on inside of me, like the traveling, job pivoting, trying different things. Um, I was in coding school. I was running a business. I was like traveling overseas in Paris. I was doing so many things in Richmond and I just knew that it was time to like try something else. So yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Some memories of all of those, like so many memories, new, like a springboard for all of those. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times, like, I think every city on the West and West coast is beautiful. And I said Richmond because like the experiences that I was learning, it's okay to say like, I love that place because of the beach, but I love Richmond because of what it made me into who I am now. I love that. Yeah. So traveling, where it, where has been the most unexpected place that you've traveled that you were like unexpectedly surprised or um, appreciative of the environment? Yeah, let's see. Um, Paris. Okay. I went to Paris and I didn't know what it was going to be like. I honestly thought it was what you see on TV, wear a beret, carry like a baguette, like fall in love. And it wasn't that. It reminded me a lot of Washington, D.C. and New York City combined. Okay. Very diverse. Um, And that was the first time I saw people not working to live, but wait, is it living to work or working to live? I'm getting it mixed up, but they just enjoy life. Yes. Yes. Okay. That that was the first time I just, I was able to like see how much pressure we are under in America to be so many things. And I didn't get that vibe while I was just literally visiting and and passing time. And I I fell in love there with like so many small moments of like buying bread, going to the market, saying hello to someone and slowing down. Yeah. So cool. Do you, do you speak French? I took French in high school and college. On just, okay. uh, just a tiny bit, but if, <laughs> if, if you and I were to go travel there, I would probably just like listen to a lot of French podcasts, TV and music leading up to the trip so okay. that I know enough to get around. Yeah. Makes <laughs> and, sense. Yeah. I went alone and I also felt really safe there alone. Good. That's yeah. a super brave thing to do, but I think that's such a great thing to do to travel alone because you yeah. experience it completely different, right? Like, yes such a different experience. Yeah. And it was a big mental hurdle to cross over. Um, you know, no one in my family had ever done it and they were concerned and, but I just knew it was something inside of me that had to go do it and try it. And mm-hmm. now it's no surprise that I'm just traveling around now by myself and I'm efficient and I travel with friends and family. So yeah. And that's so liberating too. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So what's the last song you've listened to last song you listened to? It was actually um, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas, <laughs> just because it's December now, and I was working out this morning at a gym, and that's what they were playing. Okay, that's <laughs> hilarious. Have you seen, like, the, there's, like, the TikToks or whatever of, like, yes. now I'm not going to start singing that, and then they start singing that yes. song. <laughs> and I feel like that's, it's, I mean, it's a, like, it's an all-time popular song, and you can, like, do you ever listen to a song and think about where you were 10 years ago when you heard that song? Mm-hmm. I yeah. always remember being in the car with my mom and sisters and we would drive oh to like a shopping outlet and we were just so excited for the holiday season. So that's what I think of. <laughs> that's so awesome. And it takes yeah. you way right back there too, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So awesome. It does. And you, you need that sense of home and memories when you're traveling and living your life. 
Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, okay. So what's your favorite social media platform? TikTok. TikTok. And okay. I never thought I would say that. My sisters were begging me to join TikTok during COVID. And I was like, guys, no, I'm not Gen Z. I'm not cool. Like I don't do that. Now I'm like responding to people's pages. I'm in the comments, like chiming in. I'm learning so many new things. I'm trying to not use it all day, but I have found some content that really resonates with me. And, you know, it's like another platform where you can get connected to someone. You can meet a mentor, you can find a new job or discover a new city to visit. So yeah. That's so cool. Okay. So switching gears a little bit, what's the thought right before someone snaps your picture when you're modeling? Hmm. Chin up. Don't put your head down. (laughs) That's a very good point. (laughs) So yeah, I recently walked in a fashion show as a runway model for the first time ever. And I worked with a photographer who was noticing that I kept tilting my chin down and I was wearing this avant-garde gown. And she told me, she didn't say chin up because like, you know, you don't want to like look unflattering. She said it is so diminishing when women put their chin down and put their head down. And she was like, from this day on, the next time you work with a male photographer or who else, never put your chin down, like head up, chin up. That's, that's where you belong. Yeah. Well, so like when you first said that, I was like, yeah, the double chin, that's, that's a true yeah. thing. But then like, to like, yeah, chin up, yeah. like, yes. I mean, right. Like, I feel like we got to do that all the time. That's amazing. Yeah. So now when I go outside in the world, like my, my, my shoulders are back, my chin's up, I'm open and yeah, connected. I love <laughs> that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to remember that for like the next three days. Right? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and do it all day. And then hopefully from like even more after that, but okay. Favorite plant. Favorite plant. I love an aloe plant just because they like, just have like a, a big longevity <laughs> and they're yeah. very minimal to take care of. I also love cactuses. Like I'm obsessed with desert landscapes and culture. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So my grandma, the aloe, like she used, so she used to cut it off and then like use it to like treat the skin or yes. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So like, I, I mean, <laughs> well, and like that, so the environmental scientist side of it and then the biophilic and like, you know, how it, it contributes to our health. Like those mm-hmm. are ways that like plants can like legit exactly. on the spot contribute to health. <laughs> You're being resourceful and like you have something right there and you have a burn, a cut, or you're just treating your skin. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, that is all I have, Monica. So this has been so much fun. You are so so inspiring. And like, I think the, like one of the lessons of like our interaction is like, you never know who you're going to run into. Right. So like keep yourself open and like, you can meet really cool people Yes, through all (laughs) stages of life. You literally never know. (laughs) Yes. And I, I mean, I just love the way that you are just like trying things out and like, so brave, so brave and so confident to take on these things that, I mean, blazing your own trail and a new trail. And that's not easy, but you're coming across as like, bold, confident, and like going after it in a whole yeah. new way. And I love that. Yeah, that means a lot. I think I downplayed it for a long time and played small and I just refused to do that. And 
even when I approached you at the, at the event, like I didn't know it would turn into this. I just really wanted to tell you, I was that little girl, that inner child of like, Hey, like I see you. Like, do you see me? Like, thank you. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so awesome. No, that meant so much to me too, that you came up and, and we talked or whatever. So I'm going to, in the show notes, I will put your social media stuff, whatever you want for so okay. people can connect with you. Yeah. But thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Carrie. And we'll talk soon. Okay.